Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. It's time for another Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles. Scott's the financial advisor. I'm just driving the bus on the show each week uh, here at Skybox Asset Management. You can meet with Scott at the office in the greater Cleveland area there in Strongsville. You can also uh, meet with him if you're down in Florida in the Bradenton office, dual location. You know, I like that you have that hot and cold option, Scott. You just you can make it work either way. Works really good in the winter. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Scott's going to bring his more than 20 years of experience in the financial world to help us out a little bit on today's program. And so I'm looking forward to our conversation. We're going to find out what Proverbs teach us about money, some of the famous Proverbs that maybe we've all heard since we were kids. What money lessons can we draw from those Proverbs? We've got a great question on the mailbag as well. Roberta really believes in her company. She's putting a lot of money into company stock. Is that a good idea? We'll dive into that question a little bit more later on as well. But Scott, what's been going on in your world recently? Oh, I tell you what, it, it's been stressful. I've been looking for a car for my daughter, and that's about my least favorite thing to do. My two daughters came back from college, and we had my wife and I have a car, and, and then we had a, a car for my high school daughter also. And they've come back to college now. All three of the girls have jobs. Two of them are lifeguarding. One's working in a nursing home. And it seems to be a little difficult getting from one place to another. And uh, I seem to be the guy that always gets the Uber driver to drop me off at the office so they can take my car all day long and go to work (laughs) and, and do this and do that. And so I've came to the determination it's time to buy a fourth car. And, you know, we're going to get them a used car. But, man, I tell you what, I dread going into the dealership. It takes half your day to get that car. And I look at my schedule and I'm like, when am I even going to do this? I've got stuff going on every day. So it's a little stressful. Not a big fan of car shopping. I'm not either. Um, I'm not a great negotiator on stuff like that. I think I'm too friendly. I'm too nice in those moments. So I I definitely have trouble with like the conflict element of that. Some people love it and thrive off it. I just know that that's a weakness of mine. So I find that process stressful. So we've done the CarMax thing before where the price is the price. There's no negotiating. And I think that does take a lot of the stress out of the process. That can be very nice. And now they've got... uh, well, and there are other services now where you just basically buy it online and they actually deliver it to your doorstep. You know, just they drop it off and you check it out, make sure you like it and then sign the paper and they say, okay, see you later. Yeah, I've been looking a lot on the internet, obviously. Yeah. And there's this one, I think it's called Carvana, where you buy it and then you buy the car sight unseen and then they deliver it to almost this vending machine tower kind of unit. They okay. have one over uh, in... shoot, I don't even know what city that's in. It's kind of like by Beachwood. And they basically, they put your car in, you go in there, I think you like enter a code or something. And and it's like a vending machine. Your car comes down the little conveyor belt thing and you get your car. I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, I would feel way too uncomfortable 
just buying a car without actually seeing it or driving it. I mean, you got to check it out a little bit more than like a vending machine style thing. Yeah, that's the uncomfortable part of that, right? Yeah, and, and you know, buying a car too, it's one of those things where I always feel that the guy comes in right after me got a better deal and the guy that came in right before me got a better deal too. I always feel like I'm getting hosed on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree the exact same way. So I don't know. It's just a tough, it's a tough world to operate in. And I think that's why we're seeing so many changes in that world and so many competitors coming out. Same thing in the real estate world, right? We're seeing a lot of the traditional real estate changing now with, Hey, quit stressing about having to list your home and do upgrades. We're just going to come buy it as is from you. And we'll handle those stressful parts of listing it and selling it and fixing it up that, you know, just make the process easy. We'll come out give you a little offer. Boom, you're done. Um, Our whole society has been geared towards making things easy for us. That's right. Convenience. It's a big portion of it. So that is very interesting. So, well, good luck with uh, finding the right car. A great strategy I always found was finding the little old lady who kept immaculate care of her car and drove it, you know, a thousand miles a year. And now is getting rid of it. And you just, you know, you got a car that hasn't been abused and pretty low price in most cases. That's a good way to go. Exactly right. Yeah. That's how I got my first car. (laughs) And, you know, I've, ne- I've actually never owned – actually, I'm, I take that back. I did own one new car. All my cars have always been used. Yeah. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, she likes the new cars. So uh, she gets the new one. I get the used one. We all have things that, uh, you know, get us excited and other things that don't, you know, get us as excited about, you know, certain elements of, uh, of life. I, I'm not a big car. I like – as long as I've got a big car – where I feel comfortable and nice and up high, it can be an old beater. So that's why I drive a big old Tahoe, but it's old. You know, it's got 230,000 miles on it and a big dent in the door from my, my wife backed into it several years ago. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not too worried about impressing people with my car. So I'll put my money into other things. So it just kind of depends on what's important to you. Absolutely. Cool. Well, we've, as I mentioned, we've got a fun show on the way, and uh, we thought we would bring some wisdom into the program today, some centuries-old wisdom, in fact. We're going to talk about some of these famous proverbs, axioms, good advice that maybe has been passed down to you from your parents or grandparents, or maybe you've just heard about them or read them. These are all popular. But we're going to see what financial lessons we can take away from each of these things. So first on the list, Scott, is there a hidden money uh, lesson in this saying? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I never understood this one as a kid. It, not until I got older did I really understand. I was just too focused on, why do I have a bird in my hand? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> and, and a bird in the hand could get messy, too. That's why I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't want to hold on to a bird, let alone two of them. That's too many. <laughs> that's right. I once had a hunter. You, could, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? This one definitely ha- has a good correlation to the, your financial world because it's that whole idea of taking advantage of what you have and not necessarily trying to, to get a whole lot more. When you get to your retirement, you sometimes you reach that point where you say, okay, I want to just protect what I have. I want to get better growth than I get in the bank. And I want to make sure I don't go backwards. Because once we do that financial plan, we see that indeed you've got enough income for you to last throughout your life in retirement. We're not trying to turn your your money into $10 million and trying to make you Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. All we're trying to do is just take what we have, make sure we don't lose it, and get growth. And then make sure we set everything up properly so it can pass to the kids in the most tax-efficient manner. So when you have that money, 
We don't necessarily need to take a lot of risk as long as you're in good shape and just continue to, to make sure that we grow that above the rate of inflation and we're able to meet your goals. We don't necessarily need to be shooting for the stars all the time. We need to just take advantage of what we have. You've already worked your whole life. You've saved all this money. You've accumulated. You've done a great job. You're investing aggressively when you were working in your 401k plan. Now it's time to just take what we have because a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It's a good saying to uh, embrace. I just think when I was growing up, I would have benefited more from a uh, a fish in the boat is better than two in the sea, something like that. That would have uh, <laughs> applied better to my to my training. And uh, you, you know, could have related better to that one. Growing up on the coast, that was a little bit more uh, or up my alley. So th- this next one always made sense to me. This one's a nautical uh, connection to it. A rising tide lifts all boats. Where's the financial lesson there? Well, you know what? That correlates directly to where our financial markets are today. You know, because the markets go up and the markets go down. And a lot of the times now your portfolio is going to do the same thing because the reality is you can't really outsmart the market too much. And we saw that in 2008. All of our markets now over the years have become more and more correlated. In other words, they all seem to move together. So you've got big company stocks and bonds, and international stocks, they all now seem to be moving in the same direction. So when the markets start going down, it seems like everything else goes down too. So when we're looking at those financial markets, even a little bit of a diversified portfolio is going to also ebb and flow with what those markets are. We can't completely hide from that. But the key is getting a portfolio that's well-designed, it is diversified because it will still minimize that you know when the tide goes down but you know it'll allow you to have a little bit of a smoother ride and make those tides a little bit less i guess uh volatile yeah it makes it a lot more sense i think when you can kind of understand that there are going to be some things you can't control you're going to just ride the waves and the whims of the things that are going on around you right i mean there's just sometimes you're all out to sea together. There's only so much you can control. You can control how you go into the waves, but you can't really control the fact that the waves are going to, you know, lift the boat up and bring it back down. Those kinds of things. So right, it's, it's the understand. timing of the waves too. I mean, you could get right in there, and, and you know, you could ride. You could be there right before the rising tide, and you, that that tide could rise for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Or other times, you can get in, and that tide drops, and it seems like it's never coming back up to where it needs to be. So. I mean, it's all about just having a plan, putting time in, and uh, you can withstand no matter what those tides do. You just want to make sure you don't get sick on the ups and downs. Make sure that you're uh, handling the rise and fall of the tides appropriately. Yeah, exactly. We can just keep taking this metaphor all the way through. (laughs) Yeah, if you need Dramamine, that means you're probably investing a little bit more aggressively than you need to. There you go. There you go. All right, here's another one, Scott. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We've all heard that one before. Yeah. And, you know, I have clients that'll come in here and, you know, we talk about this because a lot of the times, a lot of professionals out there, they have a tendency to, to focus on one product and put you in one strategy. But the reality is, is that when you do a whole holistic plan, you are going to be spreading things out. You're going to have different buckets. You're going to have different, you know, accounts that are set up for different things. And you don't want to, come in here and say, you know what? I buy a bunch of stuff on Amazon all the time. I just want to buy Amazon and be done with it. Obviously, that that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So, 
you know, having that diversification, not having all your eggs in one basket, kind of leading back to what I just talked about before is that, you know, we do have, you know, that diversification is going to help us weather a lot of different storms that could come along. So, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you don't have all your eggs in one basket. I do want to add one little caveat to that, though. I also have people that come in the office and they say, you know what? I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. So I'm using several different financial advisors. That's a case when it doesn't necessarily make sense because what a good financial advisor is going to do is he is going to spread those eggs out among different baskets. But when you're using several different financial advisors, a lot of the times they're not talking. They don't know what each other is doing. And you don't have that that strategy that wraps everything together and you don't have anybody necessarily driving the boat, helping you to get to where you need to go. You've got a bunch of different people that may not necessarily be on the same page and working together to meet your same goal. So that would be one, one little caveat I'd throw in there just from people that what I hear when they come in and meet with me. Another one I think that, uh, and we're going to dive some more into that, I think, when we get to our mailbag question at the tail end of the show. But one more little one to throw out here at you. One man's trash is another man's treasure. On the surface, this one seems harder to draw the financial parallel from because I would think if, you know, some financial product was trash for you, wouldn't it be trash for me too? Yeah, there's nothing further from the truth. I mean, how many times have you had a neighbor or family member come up to you and tell you what they're doing and say, hey, you know what? I did this annuity and man, it's great. It's growing. It's, you know, it's tax deferred. I got guarantees on here. This is great. And, uh, you know, you're thinking that that's going to be great for you too. Heck, if it was good for, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Sal, it's good enough for me. So, but that's not necessarily the case because everybody's case is different in the media. And a lot of people like to talk in generalities. So, one size does not fit all when it comes to investment products or investment strategies. So when you do a complete plan and you get everything all laid out, a good financial advisor is going to tell you what kind of strategies work best for you, what kind of products, and maybe the annuity does work good for you. Maybe it doesn't. Or, or you know, maybe you're a little bit more riskier than your brother-in-law is, and he's a little more conservative. So, you know, every it's it's very true that one thing that works good for one person is uh you know may or may not work for another person yeah it's a really good point and something i didn't even really think about there kind of analyzing that thought is that things impact us differently and the lesson that financial products aren't you know that they're tools and so we can use different tools for different people's missions and goals that makes a lot of sense any Absolutely. others any other sayings that you've developed uh, you know personally maybe garnered a great financial lesson from you know Walter I have one that I tell people all the time when they're in meetings with me is you can't have your cake and eat it too I tell my kids this too, but for different reasons. But you know, when I'm talking about the financial world, it, it talks a lot about risk. A lot of people you know, think that, hey, you know what? I want to grow my money at 10% a year, but I don't want to lose it. Well, there's a trade-off. You can't have your cake and eat it too. If you want to have the opportunity to grow your money, you have to put some of that money at risk. There's you know, a direct correlation between risk and reward. And that's where I use that proverb a lot when I, uh, when I meet with people. 
I like that one. That one makes a lot of sense, Scott. So if somebody's listening to these financial proverbs, some of the lessons that we're taking away on today's show, and they want to get some help, what's that look like when they come in to meet with you? Or if they've just got a simple question, how should they go about getting something like that answered? Google or what's the best route? Well, no, I think you definitely need to talk to a a professional. And if you go to www.talktoscott.com, you can schedule a call with me and we can kind of go over your situation and see if it's something that we're able to help you out with. You can go to our website, www.skyboxasset.com, order our tax-free toolkit. It's got a lot of good information in there that kind of gives you some ideas, kind of a starting point to start to do some of your planning. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to get advice from somebody who does this with people in the area each and every single day. And again, if you want to go to uh, 888-742-0111 is the number to call to set up a time to meet. You can do that, 888-742-0111, or talk to scott.com. You can schedule a time to meet right from your smartphone or from your computer. Uh, If you've got the opportunity now, go ahead and schedule a free consult that way as well. Talktoscott.com is the place to go there. Well, it's time to uh, get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. It's getting to know you time. And my question for you this week, Scott, as we get to know your personality a little bit more, I'm curious to know if we forced you to leave North America, you're just, you're out of here, we're kicking you out. I don't know, global warming has caused this to become an unlivable area. You've got to move somewhere else now, whatever it may be. You've got to get out of here. What other continent would you move to or would you live on? Oh, you know what? That's a good question. There's probably several, but probably Europe. Wait, Europe's a continent, right? Europe's a continent, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I'm just never real great at geography. The, 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 uh, yeah, this isn't country. So Europe's a smart choice because you've got lots of cool countries in Europe. Well, yeah, that would be my thing. And so much history, too. I love history. Yeah. I mean, all, you know, the thing about living here in the United States, everything is so new compared to the rest of the world. True. And, you know, over in Europe, I mean, there are thousands of years of history there. And it, that would be really neat for me. So there would be a lot of things exploring. Like you said, there's a lot of countries in Europe. So you can, whether you're going to Italy or Germany or, or Ireland, whatever, you know, everything's all kind of together there. So that would probably be my choice. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good choice. I would imagine that would be quite a popular one to pick. You got lots of places to move around there. So just in case you had some weird answer like Antarctica or something like that, I thought we'd throw it out there. If you really liked penguins, you could maybe head down there. Well, I actually do like penguins, but yeah. I don't know if I could not, actually. Not uh, enough to live in the uh, sub-zero temperatures year round, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'd rather... Uh, I'd rather just go to the zoo and see them. There you go. There you go. Or on TV, even better. Yeah, yes. exactly. All right, that's getting to know Scott. And now, time to get to know you. We're going to answer one of your questions to end this week's podcast. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, Roberta is up with the question on this week's mailbag question. It's uh, Roberta in Lynnhurst, and Roberta says, I'm a big believer in my current company's future, so the majority of my 401k is invested in company stock. I understand that I'm not diversified, but isn't that okay since I know the company so well? Well, Roberta, I definitely give you credit for being a real company team player there. I'm sure you're a great employee because of that. but Fully invested, yeah. Yeah. The reality is though, that just one word I can say is Enron. You know, no matter how much you know a company, 
you know, there's always things going on that you probably don't know about. But even with, with that set aside, it's just diversification is the safer way to go because markets are driven by news. Something weird can happen and all of a sudden your company stock drops 50%. It happens all the time. And if you've got your whole retirement savings put into that one, I guess you could say to pull out a proverb, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, if you have everything in that one company, you're are taking a tremendous amount of risk and it's all out of your control. You, you, you know, very well could find yourself in a very difficult situation because of things happening that you aren't aware of and news stories. So my r recommendation, you know, to most people is that we diversify, we spread it out. You can certainly keep a decent amount of money in the company stock. I'm not saying that, you know, to get rid of it. And I have a lot of people that retire and we continue to, when we roll over that 401k plan, we continue to have that money in the company stock because they still believe in it. We just develop the rest of the portfolio around that in order to lower your overall risk level. Yeah, it's such a good question to ask, Roberta, and a lot of people do fall into that trap of you've got something that's working, and for you, it's your job, and, and you feel like you kind of have that inside company info, so you feel very comfortable putting more and more investment into that company, but the stories are just too numerous from people who have fallen into that same trap, so we've got to kind of divorce ourselves from that, that emotional thinking and make sure we're being wise with, you know, all of your life is in that one company. And, you know, even the strongest companies have problems. And so you've got to be able to just make sure that you're not banking your entire future in life off of that company. It's just not a great idea. We've seen examples of that, as Scott mentioned, lots of times before. But great question. You're thinking something in your belly, I think, is already causing you to maybe know I'm not making the right choice here. Something might be wrong. You've already got that gut feeling by even asking that question, I feel. So yep. that's a little red flag. Listen to that voice and explore some additional options there. Again, if you want to reach out to Scott and talk about your plan, you want to ask a question like we cover on the program, but you want to do it off off air, off the podcast, you can certainly just talk one-on-one -on -one to Scott. Just go to talktoscott.com to schedule a time to chat. That's talktoscott.com. You can get a free consultation that way or call 888-742-0111. Scott, thanks for all the help. Good podcast today, and uh, we'll look forward to another fun topic next time around. Thanks, Walter. I'm going to hop on the internet and start looking for some cars here. There you go. Good luck with that search, man. I'll be interested to hear uh, next time around what, what you end up with. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I make it through it. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and thank you for listening to the show today. For Scott, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.